Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. Recently, I was looking at the nativity story and there was this beautiful, oh, beautiful realization or thought that I had about the Magi. And, you know, it had struck me, and I talked about this in a previous episode, about how David had his prayers and that created a way or a thin place for the shepherds to have their announcement. And that was beautiful. But then I was thinking about the Magi, because if you think about it, you have Daniel, who was uprooted from Judah, taken into captivity in Babylon, where he became head of the Magi, and must have taught and given the expectation of what was to come. And then this was hitting me so hard, because Daniel lived about 600 years before the birth of Christ. And I went and looked this up because 600 years is quite a long time. Uh, That would be the era from today, if we were counting backwards, of Joan of Arc. The printing press hasn't quite been established, though I think Gutenberg was working on it. The uh, Columbus wouldn't have sailed to the New World for another 70 years. And so this is a long, long time for the Magi to have been passing down the tradition that there was going to be a new king who was going to come, that he was going to have a star in the east, and that they needed to go and worship. 600 years, people. 600 years. I, like, it kept resonating for me. Like, oh my goodness. How did they keep this tradition alive for that long? Why were they waiting all this time? You think how much Daniel must have been venerated. And on the one hand, it makes sense. I mean, he did interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream when Nebuchadnezzar was ready to wipe out all of the Magi. And so did that have part of the... Um, was even that death threat part of what made it sink so deeply into the Magi's consciousness? Probably so. But another thing that was really striking me is that you have David there in Bethlehem, who was a, a man of prayer. And then you have Daniel, who was there in Babylon. And one of his standout and key features is that he too was a man of prayer. And so You have these two beautiful, very, very old examples of people praying and foretelling or foreshadowing or giving the announcement a long time in advance that the king was coming. And then you have the the Magi, they actually do leave and they go and they um, engage with Herod. And this, oh, it's making me cry again. It is so upsetting to me because what happens is it says that Herod and all Jerusalem with him were very disturbed. And so rather than, (laughs) here you have the Magi who are from a completely different people group, a completely different people. And they were, they were like, we're, we can't wait for this baby. We've been waiting for 600 years. And then you have the Jews. (laughs) He came to his own and his own did not receive them, it says in John 1. And they were all disturbed, like, oh my goodness, no, we, we really actually don't want that. And not only that, it says that Herod went and he talked to the teachers of the law and said, where is the king supposed to come from? And they knew. <laughs> they identified who that the baby was supposed to come from Bethlehem. And rather than go to join the Magi and worship too, which is what he said, because he was a big fat liar. Instead, he's like, yeah, yeah, you go and worship and then just let me know where he is. And so the Magi, in their beauty and their innocence, went on. And then they were warned in a dream, of course, and went away. But 
you know, I had never really considered how, in, in many ways, how dangerous it would have been for them because they were not traveling incognito. <laughs> if you in that era would have had a massive retinue come and ask like, oh, by the way, where's the new king? People knew who you were, right? Like they were leaving a trail behind them. And so the idea that they were warned in a dream to go home by another way, I think in my mind, I was always kind of like, oh yeah, so they just like made a big loop and it wasn't a big deal. But there is a sense of what kind of pursuit would have gone after them? Like just how dangerous was this situation for them? I had never considered that, but it's interesting to think about, isn't it? Anyway, I think the striking contrast between the eager expectation of the Magi and the complete disregard and active, um, not only indifference, but like active resistance to the works of the Lord on the part of Herod and his people. Oh, it's just breaking my heart. So Lord Jesus, I do thank you for the beautiful, beautiful picture of Daniel there as a man of prayer, preparing the way for you 600 years in advance. And that the Magi were so faithful to wait and watch and be excited and know even where to go. And Lord, I am asking that you would give us that heart of the Magi that is always looking ahead to what it is that you're doing and that's waiting with eager expectation and expectancy that we would not ever be very disturbed by what it is that you're doing. I thank you, Jesus, that there's always more to see. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen.